0: Welcome back to Keep Digging for Life. I, I am your host, Jason Epps. This week, I thought we'd discuss some theories on the composition of the canon. First off, some rudimentary uh, matters that I need to discuss. What is the canon? Well, being in Texas, we uh, Texas, where I currently am, uh, you might think the cannon is a, a giant instrument of, of a cylindrical tube that shoots a hot and fast metal ball. And in one sense, that is a cannon. But it is not the cannon that we are talking to here. The cannon is a list of accepted and authoritative books. So it could be what is considered canon for Star Wars. A few years ago, there was a great discussion that Disney was throwing out the canon. All the books that were written on Star Wars, the nerds throw fit, particularly because we were losing Grand Admiral Thrawn, one of my personal favorite bad guys that you just love to hate. But anyway, so what is, the source material would be, to put it another way. But in regards to the Bible, we're talking about what is considered authoritative. And and currently, the canon, it is not argued, is 66 books, at least it is for Protestants. So the question that we will delve into, and is how and why, 2 there's as to why those books got into the canon, the uh, community view and the intrinsic view. And this uh, information came about because I was doing a paper for my NT intro class, so I hope you enjoy it. Back, I will tell you that a lot of the information I am gaining for this podcast comes right out of Pinkman's article on the two-canon model. In fact, he uses the terms um, intrinsic and community, which I am using. Uh, and again, as he says, this is a general overview uh, of the information. So first off, the community view. What does the community view say? First off, who holds the community view? Well, Roman Catholics mostly. In the in the Christian community, and the, and a lot of uh, secular scholars that are skeptical of uh, God's divine action. I'll I'll get into that in a second. So. The community view says that the uh, authority for the books that are in the canon is not derived from the books themselves, but it is derived mainly from the community's recognition of the book. In this model, it's not that the canon, it's that the community gave authority to the books. It's not that the community recognized the book's authority. Now, um, again, why would a Roman Catholic want to hold to this idea? Well, they hold that the Apocrypha is authoritative mainly because of church councils, and that's where you would get the authoritative from. Again, no one denies that these lists and church councils exist. The question remains as to what... Influence they had? Were they just acknowledging what had already taken place and already been observed? Or were they prescribing what was in the canon, forcing other things out? So, again, for the community canon, uh, the dates that it was accepted into the canon would be of the highest importance. Now, a couple of problems that I see with the community, well, uh, well, before I get into the problems, the community canon model tends to maintain that there's uh, a community, uh, two, uh, two, not community, of course they maintain there's a community, but they maintain that there's two types of canon. One is a, called canon one. is a canon that's more or less in flux. Books can be moved in, moved out, and second is the second canon, which is when it was more formally established. Canon one and canon two do not necessarily correlate. And in fact, um, because the very nature sees the authority coming from the church councils. This approach leads itself to take God out of the situation. It's not God that's bringing authority to these books. It's the community. It's the community that's deciding it. The danger, you might be suspecting as I'm going on, is that the community can just change and warp whatever it needs, It's similar to the idea of neo-Orthodoxy, that the Bible just becomes the Word of God. It's not the Word of God in and of itself. Now, don't mistake me. I completely disagree with that point. Obviously, the Word of God is the Word of God. Whether somebody chooses to believe that it is or not, it still stands in judgment, and it still has power. And it's noted in the fact that even people that don't believe it, don't really like to read the scriptures that convict them. If it had no power in her and in itself, they wouldn't have that reticent effect. Now, then that kind of relates to this. It, it's saying that they, they only had authority because of the community not in and of themselves, so... It's only because the community necessarily likes it, which is faulty because the community could change their minds. Like, oh, we don't like this book, so we're going to take it out of the canon. That's the far extreme of the community view. And in fact, some people in the Jesus Seminar, which is an extremely uh, liberal group of people that argue that the majority of what Jesus said in the Gospels was just not true on the grounds They don't really think it fits within their construct of Jesus. Say that the canon thus could be completely um, reconstructed. So to sum up the community view, the authority is not in the books themselves. It's in the community. The community is divided into canon one and canon two. Canon one's in flux. Canon 2 is more informed, but in the community view, books can be taken out and replaced so long as the community sees fit. So when we get back, I will focus on the intrinsic view. And welcome back. Uh, Now we are focusing on the intrinsic view. Just as a recap, canon is the list of authoritative scriptures. Here we're talking about the 66 books, 27 for the New Testament and 39 for the Old Testament. 39, yeah. Sometimes I have to remind myself, I went to Bible college, not regular college. So, (laughs) math is sometimes a little rusty. So we covered the community view, where the authority rests in the community, not in the books themselves. I've expressed in my skepticism of that because the community can just change their minds on a whim, and indeed, some holding to this view have. Now we come to the intrinsic view. The the intrinsic view maintains that the books themselves intrinsically, hence the name, have the authority because they were written by God, whether or not the community accepted them. The community did. That's beside the point. It is often argued, therefore, that there is, was a visible canon and an invisible canon. The invisible canon of all the books that were inspired and authoritative were always that and now the two match up this is just a hypothetical construct but it again proves the point that these um the, the books in our canon had the authority in spite of not in spite but aside from their community recognition So, and this rests the authority and power in the books in and of themselves, regardless of whether or not people accept it. The opposite of the neo orthodoxy idea, namely, um, standing again. Just because somebody dislikes a passage of scripture doesn't make it not true. Same here. Just because Luther didn't like James didn't make it, uh, and indeed he said James was an epistle of straw, didn't make it uh, any last part of the canon. So, uh, what is a focus here? Well, obviously the councils aren't really as big of a focus for the intrinsic view because the councils did nothing but recognize the books that were authoritative. What made? What are the tests that these books went through for authority? One, are they prophetic or apostolic? Meaning, for the Old Testament, were they written prior to the close of prophetic ministry in Artaxerxes? And this is recorded in, this uh, reflection is recorded in Josephus. Obviously, a book can't be considered as divine... Uh, inspiration for the Old Testament after the the period of divine inspiration for the Old Testament has been given. So anything outside that time period would be excluded. There's also for the New Testament apostolistically, namely um, is it written by someone who is connected by an apostle? And is it written in that time frame? Because if it's not written in the time frame of the apostle or somebody connected by apostle from 60 to 90, which is the book range for the majority of our... No, it's 40 to 60, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, 40 to 60, which, no... Hold on. Sorry, I was getting ahead of myself about a date. So, prophecy and so was it written by a prophet and apostolicness? So, the question is for the Old Testament was it written after the close of the prophetic times, which is um, that's reflected in Josephus. Um, Against Apon Josephus 1 6. Uh, and in for apostolicness, there's a connection of is it connected to either Jesus or the apostles? Or mainly in the apostles? That's the manner of epistolicity. So, the, and one point that he makes that um, Peckham makes is the fact that we could expect this epilicity to uh, exist because Jesus commanded his followers to preach and to teach. So, This next point is its age. Is it written, for the Old Testament, it would have to be written before the close of the prophetic uh, calendar in the time of Artaxerxes, around 450 B.C. Uh, The New Testament had to be written during the apostolic age, between sixty and a hundred, and during this time period, all of the canon has been written. This assures that it is written in a time of those closest to Christ with the with the authorial. Uh, Element of apostles. The second point is consistency, cogency, and continuity. It basically comes down to this. God does not lie. So earlier revelation will not contradict... uh, No, later revelation will not contradict earlier revelation. The... Quran has an idea that the later revelation overrides the earlier ones, so that's how they get around the contradiction. The interesting thing about the Quran is there's a debate over what is chronologically later versus chronologically earlier, so which points are still in fact? The interesting about about the Bible is it has no such theological stance. each point is cogent with one another. And this was one of the ways in which Moses even commanded the Israelites to test to see if a prophet was from God. If they are telling you to worship other gods and to um, seek other gods, they are not a uh, true prophet. Stone them. Same thing. The community was able to test um, whether something was true because of the other, uh, of the previous bringing in of the books, the revelatory books. So it is not a question of, oh, how would the community put this together? No, the previous revelation helped the older revelation. And... There's another fact of self-authentication which basically comes down to scriptures tend to use other scriptures to inform themselves. So this is the positive side one said that it didn't do this what scripture does is it does other. Now, it's important to say that it can't just be this criterion else If I quote scripture and use it in my work, (laughs) one could say, oh, he's saying this is scripture. I'm not, because it's not apostolic, nor is it um, bearing the uh, time period of that. So it is not scripture, (laughs) thankfully. And finally is the fact that the faith community used it. Now, again, for the community model, this is a high watermark. Ooh, they used it. When did they use it? We could still hold to the intrinsic model and the fact that the community used this is not a... It's not something that... uh, Nobody refutes it because they did. But they didn't gain the uh, element solely because of their use. Uh, One point is there was a book called Shepherd of Hermes that wasn't included in the canon because it didn't meet the criteria of apostolicity. It wasn't written by an apostle. So, just to sum up again, it's apostolicity and profess- written by an apostle or a prophet uh, in the New and Old Testament, respectively. Antiquity, it's being consistent, um, utilizing itself, and utilizing other scriptures and the community using them. And, again, the um, benefits of this is it allows Scripture to stand regardless of what a community thinks. For the community model, the problem is the fact that it leaves Scripture in the hands of determining by men what men particularly would like. Welcome back. So in conclusion, what have we seen? We've seen that the canon is the list of 66 books that is authoritative uh, for um, for Christians. We have also seen two models of canon. One is the community model where the community determines the authority. The other is the intrinsic model where the... Books have authority by themselves. We've seen the problem of the community model because the authority rests on the whims and determinant of a community and people, which sometimes have gone honoring intentions others don't. I have argued for the intrinsic model and the fact that the books of the Bible stand alone regardless of people's individual reception of them and that it should be and that reception of a book or lack of reception of the book doesn't change its internal divine character. Now, if you'd like more information, uh, this is an article um by Peckham, which is called The Canon and Biblical Authority, A Critical Comparison of Two Models of Canonicity. and It's in the Trinity Journal, 2007. John C. Peckham. I might be doing a future um, podcast on this as I am continuing to gather research for my paper. We'll just have to see. Uh, Thank you, and until next time, keep digging.